0: Welcome back to another episode of Marvel News Desk, your favorite place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. Not only is it your favorite, but it's also the best, according to my script. Our panel today is the usual crew of Adam. Uh, We've got him on Twitter at Adam Barnhart and uh, Rhiannon, who's on Twitter as Brooklyn Wallace at Shana Patron. Uh, I am on Twitter as at Caleb A. Borchers. And that's not usually the way we do the intro, but again, I'm just not my brain's not here. So welcome to the show. Uh, we want to encourage you guys also give us a subscribe over on YouTube. That really helps us. You can find that at watch.marvelnewsdesk.com. So, all right, guys, before we start, uh, I have a proud father moment that I that is it fits the podcast, so I had to share it. So take the oldest to see Solo yesterday, right? She's a big Star Wars fan. We're in the theater. So she gets to see trailers to things that she hasn't seen before. So the Venom trailer, the newest one, comes on. Uh, I'm a little worried about it. Don't know if it's a little scary for her or whatever. You know, tendrils popping out and the, the big Venom head coming over at the end. And the words on the screen come up, says Venom. And I look over and she goes, uh, Dad? how in the world are they making a Venom movie if Spider-Man's not in it?
1: And I was like,
0: yes, I have succeeded in my fatherhood. (laughs) Uh, I love that at seven years old, she was capable of going, you know, something's not right there.
2: And therein lies the intelligence of Sony executives.
0: Yeah, they need to hire a few more seven-year-olds to help them out, right? All right, we're going to jump into the news. Uh, I think... Uh, oh, this was the biggest news. It was a while back, so I almost forgot about it. It looks like Jake Gyllenhaal is making his way into the MCU at last. Uh, the reports from all of the big trades this week was that Spider-Man Homecoming will, in fact, feature Mysterio. And that Jake Gyllenhaal himself... Is it Gyllenhaal or Gyllenhaal? I don't know. We'll talk about that in a sec. Gyllenhaal. Is Is it Gyllenhaal? Okay. No, he is going to no, be Mysterio. I've never heard
2: it
1: No, it's Jill and I think it's Jill and Hall. Oh, it could
0: be a soft G or a
1: hard G, It's like (laughs) symbiote.
0: This is the hard hitting commentary that you have come to expect on this fine podcast. So uh, anyways, it looks like we're going to get Mysterio. It looks like it's going to be Jill and Hall. Rhiannon, are you excited to see this actor and this character and all that kind of stuff coming your way soon?
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, if Adam's right and they put the fishbowl over his head and I don't get to see his eyes, which are, like, the best part about Jake Gyllenhaal, um, then that'll be sad. But if we actually get to see his face, that'll be exciting. Now, I'm a big Jake Gyllenhaal fan, so um, I'm all for this.
2: I will say, yeah, he was... He was my top realistic pick for Mark Spector, even when that Moon Knight news came out around Infinity War. So I'm thinking, OK, you know, he's he could do him pull off of Mark Spector. But now that he's cast as Mysterio, um, I think that gives more clout to my Keanu Reeves theory. I think it could happen.
1: He would he he would have made a good Mark Spector. I'll be with you on that.
0: Yeah, I, yes. I'm in agreement on that. We will never so, be in agreement on Keanu Reeves, but that's okay. Keep going. <laughs> it's
2: just, yeah, you just got to watch John Wick, man. I'm telling you. So, um, I mean, depending on what happens in Avengers 4, I mean, this could kind of shoehorn in a Doctor Strange cameo in Homecoming 2, right? Because, I mean, if maybe Peter thinks he's using some magic or something, and then Strange shows up and is like, nah, that's that's all technology, you know?
0: So, Rhiannon, does that immediately... Does the idea of Mysterio being mistaken for real magic and Doctor Strange getting involved, does that remind you of anything? Because it immediately pulls up something in my memory. Oh,
1: uh, no. Uh, no, shouldn't.
0: So, Kevin Smith, the... Um, uh, oh, geez! now I'm losing it. Kevin Smith's run on Daredevil. Yeah. Um, there's a scene the there. Guardian there Devil. Where he thinks, uh, Daredevil thinks that this baby is the Antichrist. The baby is actually the Antichrist. So he goes to Doctor Strange, and Doctor Strange pulls up Mephisto. And they interrogate him, and Mephisto's like, You idiots, this isn't real magic. There's something else going <laughs> on here. And he finds out it's just all the illusions of Mysterio. So that whole like that whole thing was done in that Guardian Angel or Guardian Devil storyline. So I was popping as soon as Adam said it, that came to my mind.
1: Yeah, I barely even remember that part of Guardian Devil. Um, so I'll have to go back and do a reread. But yeah.
0: Now this has started a lot of speculation, which of course we have encouraged on Facebook uh, that we're gonna get the Sinister Six. I think it makes it makes sense. We have Vulture in place. We have the Shocker um we also have scorpion and for people who are confused i think it maybe was just one idiot on facebook who was confused it is very clear in homecoming that vulture is vulture shocker is shocker and the guy with the scorpion tattoo on his neck if that wasn't clear enough for you his name is matt gargan in the um in the 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 uh credits but anyways those three characters plus mysterio adam are you starting to think that sinister six is coming our way
2: I hope so, cause Sinister Four doesn't quite roll off the tongue as well. But yeah, I mean, I I don't, I'm not the big Spidey guy, so I'm not not sure who to expect. I would guess, I mean, it's not going to include some of the big names, so probably not Green Goblin or Doc Ock. I would guess. Uh, I would. I mean, they have. Craven hasn't been in live action yet, has
0: he? Uh, no, we've never seen Craven. So,
2: I I would guess he's probably going to be one at some point. Um, and number six, I who knows? Spider-Man has enough villains to keep him occupied forever.
0: Yeah, I, also I forgot to mention these reports about Mysterio suggest that Vulture is going to appear again in Homecoming, or the sequel to Homecoming, which was a little bit of a surprise to me because it seemed like it took a while to get Keaton to show up for it, and I... Maybe I made this up, but I feel like Keaton signed on because it was a one off deal or something like that, or like he was not excited. I didn't think about doing multiple pictures, but anyway, he's back, so that's good. I mean, I think Keaton was generally really loved by most of the fans of that movie, so Um, I think that's part of the thing that really stokes the Sinister Six stuff too is that um, Vulture's not sitting in jail for the whole. Well, maybe he is, but it's not like he's going to be off screen that we're actually going to see Vulture return in some role in the movie as well. So, all right, talking about casting, um, this one was a bit of a surprise. Uh, there were rumors coming out this week that black Panther two, um, may have a role for Donald Glover as a villain. And even more oddly that possibly we'll see Michael B. Jordan back. um, this was kind of head-scratcher stuff. It kind of made it feel like it wasn't real news because it doesn't seem like it could happen. Um, what's your guys' take on either Glover and what that means for continuity issues and uh, whether or not you'd want to see Michael B. Jordan back?
2: Well, shortly after those reports, El Mayembe did did clear the air and said that they were false reports. So it's, it's kind of... Uh... Unknown. Who do you trust more, the the people who made the reports or Birdie? So I'm not sure. But I I don't I don't get why why they would feel the need to recast Donald Glover. You know. I don't know. And zombie killmonger or flashback killmonger or, or what the deal is. I I don't know. That's kind of a head scratcher. I mean, it does make sense that they're they're trying to do something because they blew through literally eighty percent. Ninety percent of Black Panther's villains in one movie. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure what to think about. It. I want Donald Glover in as many Marvel movies as he could, but at the same time, uh, you know, do some Prowler stuff. You know, he's already Aaron Davis, so why not toy with that? I mean, he's he's. I don't even know the backstory of Prowler. You know, they could do really whatever they wanted to with him, couldn't they?
1: Yeah, also, I mean, the source of this was very sketchy. Not at all something I'd be running with. But I could totally see Michael B. Jordan coming back in flashbacks or, you know, having Killmonger fall out of some variety. Or who knows what our post-Infinity War world is going to look like. Maybe they managed to bring back more than just those that got poofed or something, which which would suck which would make all the deaths less relevant and everything but um but the Donald Glover recasting no no there are enough talented actors out there that they can find plenty of guys that to be featured in Black Panther
2: so this i did have one question so Spider-Man Homecoming who did the casting on that did Marvel Studios cast that whole cast, or did Sony have a role, or what? I mean, what are the cast contracts like with the Spider-Man properties?
0: Uh, off the top of my head, what I can say is I know that there was a back and forth between Sony and Disney about Tom Holland. Uh, there was even rumors at the time. There was a little tension that what Sony wanted and what Marvel wanted was a little bit different. But I know those those two guys, those two companies, worked together since they were sharing him across several movies. Um, as far as beyond that, uh, I'm not sure. I would have to Google to see uh, who did the casting on Homecoming and if that is the same because it's the same woman who has cast all the Marvel movies, right? who's probably like the superhero of the MCU that doesn't give any credit because she's incredible. Um, I don't know her name off the top of my head, but anyways, that that's as much as I know. Does anybody else have an idea on that? So Sarah Finn is apparently the casting director for Spider-Man Homecoming. All right. So Sarah Finn, sometimes credited as Sarah Holly Finn, is an American casting director. She was a casting director on every Marvel Studios film Except for the Incredible Hulk, and she did Spider-Man: Homecoming as well. So that was that's one of the reasons Homecoming was so good. Is this is yet another thing they farmed out to Disney to do the work for them? So uh, yes. Uh, how does um, so? Yeah, it would be the same person casting Black Panther two as cast Spider-Man: Homecoming. You think they'd be aware of the problem? Is that what you're getting at, Adam?
2: Yeah, I'm not. Or I don't why they chose to cast him just two years ago and already changing. You know, I mean, he was a pretty big name the way it was, you know. Uh, obviously, he's gotten very more popular. Very, does it, I'm not even sure if that's a correct phrase, but I know his clout has grown exponentially over the past year or so, so.
1: But still, they have plenty of room just to use that stardom to make Shocker a bigger character. You know, they have they have plenty of room to cash in on that stardom, and they don't need a star. One, we keep talking about Black Panther two as if that is even officially announced. You know, the real news of this would be that there was action on Black Panther two, two, Black Panther two. You know, the real news on this would be that that there's production moving forward that they've got a you know that they've confirmed kugler that they you know jumping straight to the casting on it to me also takes away some of the credibility in this weird report we're only talking about it this much because it's a slow news week (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: i think the the other thing on this is uh, i didn't realize till this week but apparently um apparently Kugler actually worked with the Donald brothers a little bit on the script. Like they were sort of unofficial consultants on it, which makes them more incredible. I mean, is there anything great that's come out in the last two years that they don't have some fingerprint on? But, um, if that's the case, I mean, I always, I always feel like these stories, maybe they're totally made up, but I always feel like there's some seed of truth. I think it's possible that, you know, Donald Glover sat down and had lunch with Ryan Coogler, and they spitballed a little bit about what a good villain for Black Panther Two would be. That wouldn't surprise me at all, but that's a far, you know, that's a far cry from this. Um, I did see someone—I forget who it was—I'm sorry, I'm not giving you credit. Somebody was suggesting they could combine them if Aaron Davis, aka the Prowler, was actually a Wakanda war dog that had been sent to investigate the sale of some weapons that had Vibranium in them in Spider-Man Homecoming. And that so that's me. the reason... Did... Oh, was that you? Is that totally your idea? Yeah, you don't want to
2: give credit to that. That's my idea, yeah. Okay, I
0: heard it somewhere, man. I, I listened to a lot of stuff. I can't remember what's what. Okay, yeah. Adam, that was your
1: idea. Go ahead pitch it yeah. to us.
2: No, you said, you said it all. No, okay. you covered it fine.
1: Just some guy on Twitter. Some random person. <laughs> some rando. Passing by. Just...
0: Uh, But I thought that was a great idea, Adam. Like, that could be... Hey, thank you. That'd be really cool. So,
2: it's. I should have let that play out without saying anything so I could have saw your true take on it.
0: uh, But, yeah, that would be... um, I I think that'd be fun. Uh, So, uh, yeah, and also the other interesting question would be rights on that. Uh, Sony, I think, would have to give rights to Aaron Davis and Prowler to Marvel if he were to appear in a Black Panther movie. So. Um, all right, cool. That is that bit of news moving along uh, we got more set photos from the Punisher season two. And, um, what we're going to talk about right now. I've seen people talk about as a spoiler to me, it's an obvious thing that was definitely happening. So if you're real sensitive, um, you know, check out the timestamps or if you're listening to live stream, uh, close your ears for a couple minutes. Uh, It looks like we're getting Billy Russo back for season two of Punisher. Um, Does this surprise either of you? And are you excited to see that character return?
1: How could he not be returning? I mean, like, season one was his creation story. So... Yeah, he has to return. It would be news if he was not.
2: Yeah, I saw people getting upset on Twitter about that and calling it a spoiler, but I'm pretty sure Marvel's had it in not the official synopsis, but I know when they announced the last two castings, I'm forgetting their names, um, the older gentleman and lady, um, he was in like the last tagline or whatever as returning, so I'm not sure what the upset people are. I think the bigger story is the set photos that leaked of him. He doesn't appear too scarred question mark. I mean, the ones I saw, at least he almost looked exactly the same and not his jigsaw comic book counterpart.
0: Yeah. Who knows? I mean, to me, it it all depends on how far away it was. You know, where are the cameras? What's that shot? Um, we teased about it, but, you know, are they going to CGI some of his mangledness. I don't know. It seems like they could make it real grotesque, but I also, I don't know. I mean, it's Netflix. They could. But I think they also will probably want him to look like the actor that he is. Because, you know, he's an actor with a somewhat famous face. I don't know. As Rhiannon said, it's a nice slow news week this week, so... (laughs) Um, oh, I meant to talk about this earlier. We've got to talk about this Comcast thing. So um, I am not i am not a world expert on this, but I'm going to try to clarify this because um, I believe that you, the listeners and consumers of podcasts and blogs such as Marvel News Desk, are being do, done a great disservice by folks that are writing this stuff up, and they're just, they want to terrify you. They want you, I mean... Every article I saw was like, hey, Marvel fans, time to get depressed. Fantastic Four is getting ripped (laughs) away from you. And I'm like, wait a second. This week, as I understand it, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Comcast said they were going to try to make a new cash bid for the Fox assets that Disney has entered an agreement with Fox to purchase. Uh, The things about this that need to be remembered, Comcast's deal was always more money than Disney's deal. Okay, when they made the deal, Comcast was offering more, but Fox and the Murdochs felt like the Disney uh fit was a better fit. I think some of that is the the trust the Murdoch family has about their role in Disney versus what their role would be in Comcast. I get the sense that Disney's gonna make some space for them to still be active, whereas Comcast wants them to take the money and get out of town. Um, there's also some issues around the merger and whether or not it'll get antitrust, uh, connected or not. I have heard that if the AT&T deal does not go through, that Comcast is likely to give up because the Comcast Fox deal would be a similar kind of merger to the AT&T Time Warner deal. If you want more details about that, we can try, but (laughs) it's, it's all about vertical versus horizontal mergers and all that kind of stuff. Um... So all Comcast did last week was made official that they've secured enough cash to pay out Fox in cash. But I'm not sure Fox wants that. I mean, Comcast thinks that it's an approach to make a bigger deal and to make it all cash and to hope that that would be appealing. But also, if you pay cash, it's like you're buying a, you know, it's like you're buying something at a store. It's like buying a candy bar. Once that cash gets handed over that candy bar is no longer related to the person who sold it. Whereas the stock deal means that the Murdochs continue to be part of the Disney company and those assets, and it seems like they want that. So, all this to say, this deal is not done. It probably will lead to a bidding war, depending on what happens, but I think Disney will possibly raise their money back up. And this is not not over, okay? So... Don't be so depressed. Anyways, did I explain that well? Do you guys have other thoughts on that? Yeah. So
2: as a, as I understood it, I think the CEO just simply confirmed the reports from month ago, months ago that they were preparing something. You know, and it, anytime something with the Disney Fox deal comes up, it's instant mass hysteria. I've seen reports, too, that even if Comcast were to buy Fox um the marvel rights couldn't go elsewhere i guess um but then again those are just reports i think isn't murdoch jr or one of the murdoch sons getting like a c-level position with disney should the merger go through
0: that's what has been reported in some of the business places yeah
2: so i mean career wise that's probably looking up for baby murdoch or whoever it is.
0: Yeah, I I think in the end, it all comes down to who do the Murdochs want to sell their business to. Like, when you're that rich and that powerful, like, control is part of the deal, and if, and this is all just impressions that I get, if the Murdochs trust Iger and trust how good this will be for them with Disney, then Comcast coming in and saying, we've got more money, okay, I mean... How many billions of dollars do you need? I don't know. I guess maybe, I mean, they have to work out for their shareholders and all that kind of stuff. But um, it strikes me that Comcast is just screwing Disney by making them raise the price. But do you have any thoughts on this, Rhiannon?
1: You guys just keep talking about the Murdochs. And, I mean, I keep <laughs> I keep thinking of Hell's Kitchen and those Murdoch boys and stuff. So. <laughs> You're thinking You've got to watch out because they've got the devil in them, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh maybe that's part of the deal is rupert murdoch has to appear as matt murdoch's grandfather <laughs> in netflix yeah. to uh just to, to seal it
2: start calling him batlin rupert murdoch <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: all right that's probably enough of that talk but i felt like we should do something with it
1: um well i mean did, did we already in past weeks, because I know we've talked about this before, did we talk about those penalties that one of our listeners was explaining? We talked about that last week, didn't we? The billions of dollars, like that Fox would have to pay two point five to billion dollars to walk away from this deal.
0: As I remember it, I could be wrong, Disney did not put those into the deal, which was part of the reason that Fox okay. liked it and Comcast had, and so now Comcast is dropping that piece as well. This is still bizarre to me. I mean, I know this is the way that this kind of business works, and it's way above my pay grade. It strikes me that we should just put, you know, Iger and Murdoch and whatever the guy who hates Iger at Comcast. (laughs) Put the three of them in a room with a referee and just let them work it out and sign a piece of paper at the end and be done with it. You know, like, all this back and forth and will it happen? Won't it happen? I mean, it sells lots of newspapers and stuff, I guess, but it'd be really great from a fan's perspective. If these knuckleheads could just sit down, figure it out and be over. It's still shocking to me that like they can agree on a deal, announce it to their shareholders. Everybody gets excited back in December. And here we are five, six months later with like a, Oh, maybe it won't happen now. You know, it's just, it's like a bad A bad soap opera. All right, uh, let's talk about Morbius. So uh, we have a couple bits of news here that are along the Spider-Verse lines. Uh, Morbius the Living Vampire had a... um, Apparently they're starting to do some casting. Um, It was given a tagline, horror action story of a scientist who in trying to find a cure for a rare blood disease accidentally transforms himself into a living vampire who though disgusted by his own blood chooses to prey upon criminals he deems unworthy of life. And uh, the talk on this is that the Lost in, Scri- uh, Lost in Space writers, um, Matt Sazama and Burke Sharpless, are going to be doing the screenplay, um, and that F. Gary Gary turns down the comic book adaptation. Uh, Alright, do you guys want to see Morbius, or... And do you think this is real Or is this like silver and black Something that they tell us about And then disappears I
2: totally forgot this was happening Until you shared the link into our slack chat I'm like oh yeah that is happening I loved Lost in Space I'm not sure if you two have seen that yet But I, I loved it um, I don't know We'll see Morbius, silver and black Let's see how Venom goes Let's get the Venom and make sure that's actually released Or something
1: I mean, I, do, I don't know much about Morvius. We know that the Spider-Verse is, like, my least um, knowledgeable area. But um, I like a good vampire story. So bringing one into the Marvel – I don't even want to call it the MCU. But bringing one into the Marvel fold is one of those areas that I think we've talked about, the, like, still unexplored with, like, Blade. Um And it sounds interesting. Um, I mean, this story started from that hashtag show, which is pretty reliable when it comes to scoops like this. But um, is Silver and Black even happening? I mean, is that still happening?
0: So that was weird. It kind of was moving along. And then they said they were stepping back to work on the script and the the writer behind it who i think was working on cloak and dagger before that was like yeah it's still happening we just want to get the script right we just want to take some time that being said after that report that they were taking a step back we've heard absolutely nothing about it and so it certainly isn't going to unless something happens really quick i don't think they're going to get it produced in the time frame they were talking about cuz it was like a a march 2020 release or something was it or a It was even more than, I want to say it was like a a 2019 release, they were talking, and there's just no way that's going to happen, so.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm not getting excited about any of these until, you know, it gets a little closer to being real.
0: We could start another contest, the, um, what actually gets made, we could throw in Silver and Black, and Gambit, and uh, (laughs) Eternals, I don't know, like, throw a few things in there, and See which of these actually happens.
1: Yeah. Throw, throw New Warriors in there. Yeah. about like, If it actually makes it on screen. Oh.
0: That's true. New Warriors TV show. That. Oh, my. The best TV <laughs> show that no one will ever get to see. It's so good we can't see it. Uh. I do think it makes sense with Morbius. The idea of combined. Um, I like that it's tonally similar to Venom, particularly if they make Venom kind of scary. I'll admit that when I saw that Venom trailer on the big screen which was the first time for me because for some reason it was not attached to Infinity War up here. It was the first Venom trailer. It looked a lot better on the big screen than it did on the small screen. You know, sometimes that helps. Uh, but if they make it kind of scary and kind of horror focused a little bit, um, it makes sense to me that Morbius is your next option. Like a, a side Spider-Man universe that's uh, That's more horror-based, to me, works more. Silver and Black always just seemed like an odd fit because it was like, you know, adventurers and, you know, mercenaries and all that kind of stuff. But if they do Morbius and they do this and then I mean, it would be really interesting to see if we could then add Blade into that because the, those rights are at Marvel. So I don't know if that would happen. But, um, you know, I know like Morbius and Blade and all that in Spider-Man, the animated series, they threw all that stuff kind of together with Spidey. And that was a lot of fun. So I think I think they could do that.
2: There is a huge untapped supernatural market that Marvel has yet to get into. I mean, if they could do a little niche with with Morbius and Blade and ghost rider perhaps and elsa bloodstone and stuff like that i mean look at the, the supernatural based tv shows that have a huge huge cult following i mean supernatural itself and like it's 13th season i think then apparently there's that freeform supernatural type show that has a huge following as well shadow hunters it might be i don't know um I don't know. I think there's something there if they do it right. Hopefully it's just not another Twilight.
0: Well, I I was thankful. uh, The casting suggested an older actor, right? Like if we got a 19-year-old Morbius, that would be a problem. They're looking for 30 to 37-year-olds. So at least it won't be a stupid Teeny (laughs) Bopper Vampire movie, you know? Like just leave it up to Sony. They would totally do that, you know? Well, Peter Parker's 17. Why don't, why don't we get one of his classmates to turn into a vampire? And Oh, geez, that would be terrible. Uh, speaking of the Spider-Verse, um, there was some interviews this week um, with um, Woody Harrelson, and he was talking about his role, and he was saying, very interestingly, that he has a very small role in Venom, but he's definitely on board for the sequel. Now, given that we have heard that he's supposed to be Carnage, potentially, that makes sense. Uh, But also, does that strike you as a little optimistic that Woody Harrelson is already planning on the Venom sequel?
2: (laughs) Sure. Optimistic is probably the best word for it.
1: They have a plan. It's, It's forward thinking.
0: It all started with an idea <laughs> an idea to copy Marvel <laughs> they
2: have play they have plans laid out for the whole next twelve months, probably
0: <laughs> i'm on all on board I've said before woody harrelson's car- carnage sounds awesome, assuming that venom is decent um so yeah I mean th- that's fine. I just. You just can't assume... I think there's a little too much assumption. We've seen this. We've talked about the Dark Universe, which did not work and is kind of being redone. DC kind of got ahead of themselves and now has had to retract and kind of make a new decision. Uh, I think even with the results we're seeing from Solo, even Star Wars is maybe asking themselves, hmm, can we put out as much stuff as we thought we could put out? And so... I just, I'm a little fearful that Sony is making the same mistake that they think they can slap a Marvel sticker on something and people will necessarily see it, which is not. Again, it seems like Hollywood has learned every lesson from the MCU except, hey, make good movies, because that's why people go see Marvel movies three times a year is because they're good, not just because they've got Marvel on them. So,
2: I mean, the one thing is, I mean, Woody Harrelson's probably the best person they'd ever get for cletus cassidy um so if they're just that's the next thing if they don't green light a sequel and we just get a taste of harrelson and venom um that's going to be very disappointing
0: actually it it would be an mcu problem but i'd kind of like to see michael rooker now as carnage okay now that i've like gotten to know him more from guardians yeah. i think that could be really fun
2: or the, I know the one popular choice, I can't remember his name. He has three names. He's the dude who played Rorschach and Watchmen.
0: Oh, yeah, he's got like a serial killer sounding name. Yeah, yeah. Or like like an assassin <laughs> name, like yeah, John Wayne Gacy like I or something like that, name, right? That guy. <laughs> well, then there, wasn't there a while that Lin-Manuel Miranda yeah. wanted to be Carnage? Am I making no, this up or was that an actual that. thing? I think
2: he was probably the only person who wanted that, too. Truth be told.
0: A dancing Maybe,
2: maybe dancing. Rihanna would like that. Jazz hands. She's, she's a, what is it, LMM guy? A big yeah. Hamilton fan.
1: I'll take Lin-Manuel in any variety. I mean, he doesn't just sing and dance, but I don't know that much about carnage. <laughs> to know how it would Let's go. get
0: Lin-Manuel Miranda as Morbius. Hmm. I mean, they both have long, dark hair, right? That is the only, <laughs> that's the only thing in common. The <laughs> only comparison I've got. <laughs> that's, that's all the news I've got. Um, we did have uh, Disney is buying the rights to Etihad Stadium in Melbourne. So if you go to watch a, uh, a Melbourne rugby game, you will soon be at Marvel Stadium. And they're going to have a really cool gift shop, apparently, with Marvel stuff. So uh yay melbourne that seems like a very seems bizarre yeah what's i wonder what
2: the marketing decision behind that was do they have a a big market we don't know about down under or what
0: if you sold tickets to every person in australia it wouldn't really i mean it would be just a drop in the bucket for like infinity war so i'm not sure (laughs) if there's much to be gained there but I guess when you're making that money, you do whatever you want with it. So
1: Yeah, I mean, that to me sounds like something like some accountant said. You need to spend this much money on advertising. Or you need to spend this much money on something in order, you know, to balance the books. You have know, a tax write-off of some variety in Australia, so they did it.
2: And they spun a yeah. globe and put their <laughs> finger on it. I said, we're going to Australia. Yeah,
1: it was probably like some accountant specifically said in Australia. Like, you, sp- you know, I mean, to me, that's some sort of bookkeeper. You know, you need to spend more money on marketing in Australia. So either you can put up 40,000 billboards or you can run tons of TV spots or you could buy a stadium or, you know, buy naming rights for a stadium.
0: They did film Thor Ragnarok down there, right? So it makes me wonder if part of that deal was they got whatever forty million dollars of tax breaks, but they had to spend ten million in the local economy or, or something crazy, and it just turned out that this you know this was a way to to make the uh, Australian government happy for their break you know write off. This is totally speculation, but that that would fit that kind of world that you're building there, Rhiannon. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, or maybe Hemsworth said, "Hey guys, you should buy this the naming rights for the stadium." Like, just like he did Ragnarok, you know, hey guys, you should film in Australia. And he just suggested they did it. So they,
0: I love, uh, I saw an interview the other day where Mark Ruffalo was like, yeah, that was real convenient for Chris right around the corner from his house, other side of the planet for the rest of the cast. But, you know, <laughs> glad that worked out for him. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and, uh, it's time to talk about Legion. So Rihanna and I get to do our our weekly Legion talk. Um, uh, So I don't know. Here's what I liked about this episode. It feels like we're starting to get to a conclusion, right? Like this was the episode where it felt like, okay, now we're starting to like tie things back together and we're starting to make sense instead of just throwing out more stuff to confuse you. Did you feel that
1: way at all? I mean, well, it was Legion. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, I don't have anything else to say on that. <laughs> I did like in this episode, the way they did the, the screens, where they did the block screens, where they showed where they would cut from things to them moving through the desert. They did some interesting new visuals this time.
0: It reminded me of, um, if you go back, and I wouldn't suggest it, but if you go back and watch Ang Lee's Hulk movie, from like 2003 he did a thing where he used split screen but he used the split screen to look like comic panels to like evoke the look of a comic page by using split screen and i felt like that was a very similar effect that they were going with this time i thought that was enjoyable the other thing that i appreciate about, about the show there is they don't to me they don't leave loose um, Like, loose strings? Like, there's things that haven't been resolved yet, but I trust them that they'll get to them. Like, there's so many times this season where there'd be a visual where I'm like, is that just something like a throwaway? Like, does that matter? Uh, Like, we had talked weeks and weeks and weeks ago about the woman that was driving the hearse. And at the time, I even said, oh, that's not significant, I'm sure, but I thought it was interesting. But then they bring her back up, right? Like she comes back into the story and that weird minotaur thing that is chasing around, uh, Jean smarts character. Like I thought that that was just symbolic of her like demons or her like frustration or depression or something. But I think they're actually going to do something with it. Like at no point have they, it seems like they always bring stuff back around. That they're actually being very careful in what they're writing because it, it'd be easy to think that this is just chaotic throwing stuff against the wall. But I feel like they're actually trying to bring this to a conclusion of some kind.
1: Yeah. And um, I mean, I thought of you when they brought Melanie back and had her have some purpose. Because wasn't it last week you were talking about how she just hasn't been in anything? Yeah. Yeah, they went some different places this week.
0: I think they need to, next season, pare down the characters a little bit there's some characters to me that feel like they're only in this season because they were in it last season and they just don't have enough. You know, you're just talking about Melanie, like maybe there's a grand plan, but it just seems like they keep adding and adding and adding. And some of them, you know, like again, care, the carries were almost completely absent from this episode. Like it just, it's, it seems like too much to me. I think it's, they, they would do better if they had a smaller cast, but
1: I think that's a common, like in these shows, Because I think it was around the second, third season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where I'm just like, it's too many characters for me to keep up with everybody. I think with, you know, and... um, I mean, I guess we don't have too many shows to compare this to, but... Yeah, they keep bringing in characters, and unless something fatal happens or something real finite you end up with such a big cast, that so it's hard to keep up with everybody. And there isn't meaningful things to do with them.
0: Well, and when you compare to agents of shield, at least there's 22 episodes. So if you have the same amount of characters on that show, as you do on Legion, you know, there's, there's twice, there's more than twice as much screen time to share. But with Legion, when you only have 10 episodes and you're a show that's so visual, so there's a lot of screen time, that's not taken up by plot. That's just taken up by, like, imagery. It just it starts to get real crowded, you know? Like, there's only 10, 40-minute ep- episodes to go around, so.
1: Well, and with Legion, there is at least a main character that you're focused on. Like, you know that as long as you can keep up with what's going on with David, you vaguely are following the show. I mean, there's going to be characters that pop up, and you try to remember, okay, what was his power, or... Is this a good guy or a bad guy or do we know or what? But you pretty much just need to follow David.
0: All right. Um, that sounds good. That's Legion. All right. Um, there is. Uh, there are no there are no trailers this week, which we've reached the point in Marvel now where if we go a week without a trailer for a TV show or movie, we're like, hey, what happened? Why weren't there any trailers, you know? So, um Yeah, that's bizarre. Anyway, Well they did um,
2: start uh they did start A Man and the Wasp T V spots this week.
0: That's true. I never watched T V spots. Do you guys watch T V spots?
2: A little bit, yeah. I mean this one just had one uh spoiler alert, one clip of Cassie, but that's it. That is it. They went now. Infinity War was something else. They did all kinds of stuff with the TV spots, but I'm sure we'll get additional footage sometime soon. Frank.
0: All right, so we're gonna to go to our main conversation, and uh, we're gonna talk about Cloak and Dagger. So here's the deal: um, we have uh, the good folks at Freeform and ABC has given the podcast access to um, advanced screenings of these shows. We are not going to spoil anything, okay? So don't don't worry about that. Um the embargo has been lifted, so we're allowed to review it, but we are not supposed to talk about plot points. Is that correct, Adam? I don't want to get us in trouble.
2: Correct. We can talk about everything except for what happens. what goes on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everything else <laughs> is fine. What happens we can't touch. And we are we can only talk about the first two episodes
0: um so that's fine i've only seen the first two i think if you guys watch the first four mm-hmm. correct yes so um what we're gonna do we're gonna then do our very very best it won't be like when we talk about like just like we just talked about legion is we will we'll, we'll be very generic here uh but we want to talk about a little bit and let you guys know what's coming because it drops thursday right the first episode is is very close is that correct I don't know. The other day, I'm still, Adam, I'm still on 2019. What I don't is know. wrong?
2: I don't know what you're doing.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, So is it next? Is it next week? Is it next it's Thursday?
2: It's the 7th, yeah. next.
0: Oh, well, 2s and 7s look like each other. And the second is a Thursday in 2019. Anyways, it's coming up relatively soon. We've got to see it. You'll get to see it eventually. Um, but yeah, we're going to just talk about... Let me ask this first of all. Did you guys like it? Yeah.
1: Yes.
2: Way more than I thought I would, to be honest.
0: Okay, talk in ways that you can, with the restrictions in place, about what you mean by that.
2: So, um... Yeah, I wasn't really having that great of expectations. Uh, The marketing was... So far, has been bizarre, to say the least. You guys got the cookies? Um... The Bodega Cookies, um, and they tweeted a video with Aubrey Joseph and Olivia Holt talking with Chewbacca. Um, So the marketing is just kind of weird. Tonally, I've been—it's—I thought it was going to be a lot like Runaways, but tonally, it's not even—I don't want to say it's not close, but it's still not the. OC sun flares and orangey reddish colors you know I I mean I've been comparing it with um the Runaways plus like Daredevil or Jessica Jones it's got that kind of darkness to it
1: so um Adam watched it before I did and he was talking about how he really loved it so I set my expectations even lower
2: (laughs) because I love Iron (laughs) Fist I get it
1: (laughs) I mean I enjoyed Iron Fist but like he loved Runaways like and I just you know yeah so I I went in and also I watched the first episode and I I lived in New Orleans for a little while so like I I'm one of those people that like I'm watching a New Orleans show and I'm like oh that's not right that's not right um in the first episode, had a few of those, but then it just sort of became generic—a generic Southern town enough that they sort of evened out on the New Orleans references and the stuff that they did, and um, like it got past that. It totally got through that to me. Um, they did avoid
0: terrible accents. There was one that was a little wonky, but there are no like Cajun like. Gambit, X Men, the animated series, like hey, Cherie, I'm so glad those are you. <laughs> like there was none of that kind of stuff, you know.
1: Which is which is right because they're not because New Orleans isn't Cajun. Well, I mean it is Cajun, but it's not like Houma, which is further or like down into parish. Um. So yeah, I mean yeah, they 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 didn't do the crazy accents. They didn't do like. If they're on a streetcar, there's a reason they're on a streetcar. If they're in... I mean, they did some stuff in the above-ground cemeteries, but how can you not? Um, But it wasn't, like, constant New Orleans references or locations, like, for the sake of reminding you over and over. Um, But anyways, sorry, that was just, like, Rhiannon issues, because, like, the first episode... They, they referred to some stuff that I was like that's not right um, there's but I, I really enjoyed the balance as the show I mean you know that's what I mean it's like black and white perfectly balanced like a black and white cookie you know, just, um. <laughs> I think those cookies made one of our friends sick actually <laughs> oh. <laughs> It so they um it's it's really hard. I mean, like as an adult watching a teen show, there's always that where are the parents? Why aren't the parents involved? And they manage to have parents involved without the parents being, you know, runaways. I felt there was way too much on the parents. I feel like the parents in this are involved and they have personality and they have stories, but you don't go deeply into them. Um you don't spend too much time on them better better, better said um, and they have I still having not read the comics that much, I still could not tell you what the powers are, really, um so it's a fun little journey of exploration of what. And I've seen, I mean, I've seen, read some Cloak & Dagger comics and all that, but it's not, you know, their powers are different. It's not like, oh, he can fly or, oh, you know, this person has an iron fist or something that's real easy or super strong. Their powers are different. And I feel that they've done a good job of moving the story along, showing that, you know, exploring those powers and revealing things, keeping it relatable keeping it enjoyable, and um, put together a solid show.
0: I, I also was shocked at how much I liked it. I mean, I just, I feel like this is a really solid show. And I think the thing that impressed me was, I mean, I don't watch Freeform, okay? And so when I heard Freeform, and I heard Teen Audience, and I heard Romeo and Juliet, I just, I honestly had a lot of preconceptions about really corny teenage melodrama junk that it was going to be, and that it was going to be, we've always talked about this show isn't aimed at me, right? Like that was one of the phrases we've used over and over again is maybe this show isn't really marketed for me. Um, I was impressed and amazed at how dark and serious the show is. And, like, they do not shy away from, um, I mean, I I didn't keep track of these things, but whether it's language or sexuality or drugs and alcohol or mature themes, like, I didn't ever get the sense of, like, oh, well, that was was a euphemism because it was a teen show. Like, if anything, it's like, I'm not allowing, I don't know, I'm not going to let my 13-year-old watch this show, you know, like, it's... It's a a bit more uh, hard-edged than that, which is weird. I didn't feel like I would say something like that about this show, but I felt like it is really – it's there. It talks about real issues and real problems. Um, There's things that are depressing and sad and cringeworthy. And, like, um, yeah, there's uh, several issues about topics that are in the news frequently in our society, like – there's just all kinds of social commentary, and like, it's not social commentary, it's just they live in the real world and they deal with she deals with the real issues that women deal with, and he deals with the real issues that African American men deal with, right? And so I just thought that that was, I just expected something a little more Mickey Mouse than that. And to me, this is another nail in that coffin of like, well, I don't know about Disney. They put this thing on stinking ABC Family, you know, Redux, and it is. It is, you know, I mean, it's it's not Daredevil. Nobody's impaling their faces with anything, but it is, it is a, a it's a gritty show, <laughs> it's right? Gritty Adam? and
2: grounded. I hate to say it, but that's that's how it is. You know, and exactly the same sentiment here. You know, you you say a freeform show, and instantly, I always think of the CW shows. Uh, you know, I'm thinking of Flash and Legends of Tomorrow, and they're kind of like the bright. They're almost, I would say, cheap maybe for lack of a better word shows
1: have you I mean but they but CW also has Supernatural and Vampire Diaries yeah I was the originals.
2: so I mean there's a balance on CW too I was just kind of comparing it to the Arrowverse shows I mean you have Arrow which is dark and gritty but I, I hate Arrow with a passion um but it's yeah I mean it is a teen show but at the same time, I mean, like you said, I was surprised the amount
0: of times they said sleep sh- on Freeform. So let's talk a little bit. Rihanna mentioned the comic books. Um, for people who care about sort of fidelity to source material, this is a major rewrite in all ways, shapes and forms of Cloak and Dagger as a comic book. Does that seem fair to you guys to say?
2: Absolutely. Because aren't they... I think they're mutants in the comic book.
0: I thought they got their powers by drugs. Maybe they did.
2: Yeah, drugs, mutants.
0: I, <laughs> I felt like it was like this big allegory for like cocaine use. It was like, see kids? This is what happens when you use drugs. You get superpowers. Wait a minute. That's not what we meant to say. I don't know. There was just a lot of stuff about drug use. That's what I remember. I think more, even more than that, though, I mean, how they get their powers is definitely different. Whatever it is, it's not what's in the show. But also, it's a yeah. show that takes place in New York. I do think the setting is a big piece of this. And um, I think the, their backgrounds as characters... I mean, I don't know them super well, but I do not remember either... Both of these characters are kind of in a... Uh, I mean, they're actually Runaways. In, in the comics, I remember them as kind of like Street Kids, which is um, variably true or not true of the premise of you know, this version.
1: I know there was one commenter on our Facebook saying that in the comics, Tyrone had a stutter.
0: Yes, someone did say that. I don't know if that's true, but
1: he does it in this, right? I didn't notice it as being a stutter.
0: As, you know, and again, well, I want to be careful here not to go too plot detail but, you know, Rihanna, you also talked about their power sets. Um, there is some interesting ambiguity about their power sets that I find very interesting. I mean, I think we can say they they don't know what they're doing with their powers, and their powers are kind of a surprise to them, which it kind of runs that X Men thing of like, oh, I'm a teenager and my body's changing, and now I have these powers, I don't know what to deal with. But I mean, I think it fits. I don't don't think that's bad. But it is interesting to have a show where the characters are freaked out by the thing that you want them to do. You know, Uh, is there anything you don't like? that you can talk about thus far uh, as kind of a negative of the show.
2: There's something I don't like, but I'm not, I can't say it. I don't think.
0: Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't. So we'll talk about it in a couple of weeks. So we start talking yeah, about these. episode by episode. we'll bring
2: it up then. I mean, it's probably the same. It's a little bit slow, I would guess. I mean, that would probably be a critique. It's a little bit slower paced, but I think that's kind of, a recurring theme with all these shows. We did find out that they're hour long episodes, by the way. Yes, they are. uh...
0: Definitely. They are. (laughs) They are definitely hour long episodes.
2: Um, Yeah.
0: uh...
1: And I would say on the slow, like at the end of the first episode, I was in no rush to watch the second. I, I, I wasn't having strong thoughts about it. I didn't care much. But after watching the second, I definitely was ready to move into the third and the fourth. So it does pick up and it picks up. I think the second episode is
0: better than the pilot. Like I've just watched the two, but the second episode we were like, whoa, like this is really good. You know, so. Right. My one complaint is I find it a little uneven. Uh, And this is what I mean. Um, The two characters are in very different places in life. And I think one of them has really real issues and the other one has more teenager issues and it feels really, I mean, well, I mean, so this has been in the trailers, you know, Tandy is in a very difficult spot in her life and Tyrone is kind of going to a prep school and his family is kind of comfortable relatively. Right. And so for me that causes some real disparity because she has, like, the issues that someone who lives on the streets is having. And his issues are like, hey, coach has really ticked off at me at basketball practice. You know, like, and yeah. for me, that was a little bit jarring to go from, like, really significant problems to, like, high school problems. And to treat them as if they had equal weight just at times feels a little wonky for me. I would kind of like him to get a little more desperate. And I think that they might be moving that way, but at times his problems seem to pale in comparison to hers. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, but that brings us all back to the balance part. The the yin and the yang, the the black and the white, The, the balance. Right?
1: I mean, it would have been very unrealistic if you found two characters that were in her situation. I mean, not necessarily. I mean... People typically end up with around folks in the same socioeconomic classes and all of that but um, to have had two very different characters, but they both happen to be in such a place that she is um, you know either she's hooking up with the the boy next door or... Um, or she's going out and she's going to be finding somebody else in a different situation. But yeah, he he definitely has much smaller issues in his life than her. And the
0: Romeo Juliet thing is probably going, I mean, that as much as they, um, you know, assuming they turn it into a romance like the comic books, that different places in life thing kind of plays into that Romeo Juliet feel. Whereas if they had similar circumstances, it might not be the same way. So I think that's true. If someone were to say, what is different about this show? What is something that makes this stand out as an MCU show? Um, Is there anything you can point to as as a big point of difference?
1: This one is grounded and won't make you hate that word.
0: Okay.
2: I get... I did... I I like the... uh, I'm not sure... When I started picking up on it, but all of a sudden I noticed that they had been using music very well throughout the show. I'm not sure if you can consider that the score or the soundtrack or whatever you want to call it. But it plays a pretty, almost like a Guardians-esque type role in the show. I'm not, that's not too spoilery, but it's not, it's not like the Inhumans... Remix all the type stuff they have going on. It's good use of music, and I, I like that. Uh, throughout, it doesn't really. I mean, it reminds me most of Guardians the use music usage, I guess.
0: Um, the thing I'll say, and again, this doesn't reveal any plot. Um, there is a surrealist element to the show every once in a while. Um, not like to the extent that Legion is that way. But every once in a while, there is a scene that is not that's not plot based. That's not like it's not like part of the action. It's like not the next thing that happened. Like there's there's these I don't even know how to describe it without sharing exactly what happens. But like there's sort of this weird, surrealistic thing they did three or four times that does character development and gives you like a lot of visuals And kind of tells you about the characters, but not in a plot way that I find really interesting. And I think to me is a defining characteristic of what I saw so far is there's just these moments. Um, The best I can compare it to is maybe Lost. The way Lost used like flashbacks and flash forwards. This has a a feature like that. These scenes that are kind of unusual and sort of postmodern in their storytelling device effect. That I think are really cool. And so that was one of my favorite things about the show
1: so far. So,
0: anything else you guys want to talk about before we move on and
1: do the mailbag? I just, you referenced Legion, and some of our listeners might be like, how in the world did he just compare, like, this freeform show with teenagers to Legion that Rhiannon just referred to as grounded? But yeah, it's not there are things in the show that will remind you of legion and it's not dance numbers
0: yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> All right. Uh, I prepared most of our mailbag here. Let me pull it up. Um, over on SoundCloud, Chris, um, had some good clarification on the Cree serum versus the, um, centipede project and which was which, we were talking about, was that the stuff that made you etch stuff into the walls or not? And um, so if you want to see that, he clarified that well. They did say, in S.H.I.E.L.D., they did say that even though Zha Ying had not shown up until Season 2, that the reason Garrett could take the centipede serum was because it was stabilized with Zha Ying's DNA. Is that right? Did you guys hear that? You're both looking at me like you have no idea or if I'm crazy no
2: i i don't recall i suppose
0: well i mean that's why the candy man took her sent her to dig up the body right
2: that would make sense
0: i guess all right anyways it's an agents of shield plot point <laughs> clarifying it's probably pointless uh chris was also saying he was not sure if thanos really was a lead-in to the eternals or not he could see that since um Thanos is kind of part of a different kind of corner of the Eternals world that maybe they won't connect them. Uh, I think that it's not an accident that we got Thanos and we're going to get an Eternals movie. I think they'll be connected, but maybe not. Um, uh, uh was hoping that S.H.I.E.L.D. is a soft reboot next season, which um, I can get on board with. It feels like, to me, every season's been a soft reboot for the last two or three years. Like I remember Rihanna you and I sitting in the the panel at Madison Square Garden, and that felt like a that felt like a reboot of the show when we saw it, didn't it?
1: Definitely, yeah.
0: Um, also, he was saying that he really wants Punisher to show backup and Daredevil, which I think would be really fun. It would be interesting to see if they could fit it into that kind of born again uh, world. That could be interesting.
1: A friend of mine keeps going that if they kill Karen Page, we better see Punisher ready to kill Matt. As a result,
0: do you do you like like are you shipping the Frank Karen thing or?
1: I I mean I'm not actively shipping it. I'm not out writing Castle fan fiction or anything, but um, which is which is their their fan fiction ship name. So I hear, um. But I can see them together. I mean, we've seen them together. They work well together.
0: Yeah, that's one of those where I feel like they have chemistry, but I'd love to see that kind of chemistry that doesn't have to be romantic. You know, like, I, I don't know. I'm enjoying them as, as like, good friends. I don't know if I need that, but... Yeah. Uh, on YouTube, Indie Film Productions was saying that he liked Deadpool 2 a lot more than the first one. And on Twitter, Johnny5 at Flowbot 5 Uh, Was saying that uh, he didn't. He agreed with me on Deadpool 2, but then said he hadn't seen it yet. So I am not sure if that uh, gives me credence to my viewpoint or not, but uh, that's okay. I did think of this this week on Deadpool. Rhiannon, as a. uh, You've not read a lot of cable comics, I'm guessing. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's correct.
0: Uh, Based on Deadpool 2, what are cable's powers?
1: Time travel and um i sort of got the feeling that he had a little bit of um um nebulas like body parts were missing and been replaced by mechanics or by mechanical stuff so that's that's my guess
0: so this is a concern i didn't bring this up last week i forgot it Adam, this is a problem with that movie, right? Because most of those things she said are not actually his powers. Like, they're things that are attendant with him, but the fact that he's the world's most powerful telepath and telekinetic never came up in the, the movie. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah
1: that yeah. definitely didn't
2: come up. He's more of a... Yeah, I mean, time travel wasn't even a, a power in the movie. He was just kind of like a guy with a
0: gun.
1: That's true. He just had a device for time travel, so.
0: So yeah, I think you could fairly critique the movie that they had cable and they never even told people what his powers were. There was little hints. You know how his gun kept like flying back to him.
1: I totally messed up.
0: Yeah. I think that was they were trying to tell us that he is telekinetic, that he could like, bullet. But I mean. The fact that he had a techno-organic virus that's taking over his body, which he's fighting back mentally all the time. None of that stuff was there, you know?
2: Yeah, I thought the gun thing just was because his arm was magnetic or something.
0: Oh, I was thinking it was his telekinesis, but who knows? <laughs> Alright, I'll stop picking on Deadpool too. but I, I did think that would just be an interesting experiment, which proved to be exactly what I thought it would be, so... All right. Awesome. You guys have anything else for a wrap up?
1: Oh, um, so for our listeners on SoundCloud, sometime soon we're going to be trying to move to a different hosting. So if we disappear on SoundCloud, go to our website to look for uh, the podcast there. Is that reasonable? Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 And the best way to do it, I mean, I know some of you like to go to a website and we will, MarvelNewsDesk.com. We'll make sure it's there. Um, but the best way to do it is the RSS feed. And if we don't titanically screw this up, which we may still do, um, the RSS feed should still work. So like if you get it downloaded to Apple podcasts or whatever, um, or, you know, I love podcasts.com or whatever you're you use for RSS feeds. Um, and that's not a real website. I just made that up. It should still transfer over. Like you should continue to get episodes uh, as per usual with the RSS feed.
1: Yeah. If we do this right, you won't notice anything unless you are folks that go to SoundCloud and try to download there. But I have little faith that I'll be able to do it right on the first try. So if we disappear, if we poof. Um,
0: Thanos got our podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: yes so i just wanted to put that out there before we did the move so that if we did poof like people knew what happened
0: yeah oh uh, we should also tell our patreon people uh it looks like we're gonna move the recording time from sundays to a little earlier in the week so uh we will announce that but we're talking about maybe wednesday nights is that right
1: yes i think that's what we looked at
0: yes yeah, so um it shouldn't affect if you listen to it as a podcast it should come at the same time uh we're gonna have a little bit of a challenge that if there's news that drops on like thursday (laughs) it won't make it to the pod but uh other than that um generally speaking i think we'll be okay but yeah if you listen on patreon live which i know a couple of you guys are right now that may be moving very soon uh oh i should say michael t ford um did a lot of comments today. Him and um, Jack Hammer were in the comment section on the live stream. So thank you guys for that. Um, see, uh, oh, he had some great thoughts on <laughs> Morbius, the lyrical vampire. And uh, also, if you guys want to find Michael T. Ford Third on Twitter, he knows more about the legal stuff with Comcast than I think anyone uh that's it we are done thank you for listening to the podcast you can interact with us a lot of ways you can send us messages over on twitter at marvel news desk you can also find our soundcloud posts each week although that's changing soon or always find the posts on marvelnewsdesk.com if you'd like to support the show please go ahead and go over to patreon.com marvelnewsdesk and become a financial supporter You'll get access to our special MCU film ranking episode available only to our Patreon supporters, as well as early accesses to some of our videos. Uh, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Marvel Newsdesk, or subscribe to the YouTube channel that's watch.marvelnewsdesk.com. You can also help the show be more visible if you give us five-star review <coughs> excuse me, five-star review on iTunes. The number one thing you do every week, however, is you listen, you tell your friends, and we are very appreciative of that. Thank you to Tim Cox for our logo. You can find him on Instagram at Tim V. Cox. And Alvin, thanks for the theme music. You can find his stuff on a variety of social media platforms as at the Skull School. Uh, that does it for us this week, guys, and we'll talk to you later.